Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Today marks the fifth Sunday in Lent. It is a common Christian practice to give something up or make some sacrifice during the Lenten season. Some may feel rejuvenated having given up a bad habit. Others may just be grumpy, missing their chocolate or their coffee. Whether you have chosen to give something up during Lent or not, you are welcome here. Whether this morning finds you with a burden that is heavy or light, you are welcome here. Together we are the body of Christ. Come, let's join our hearts together in worship. Come, let's join our voices together in song. Come, now is the time to worship. Please stand. if you 
you're um, just wanting to be a guest and want to be uh, invited to someone else's house, there are um, two opportunities there for you. So that is happening April 28th and uh, 5 p.m. is the suggested time to start that. Thank you. Good morning. I'm here to um, highlight the adult formation series that is starting to take place today. Uh, today's uh, session will take place right after the service downstairs. Uh, today is about the resourcing that we can tap into for seniors in our region. Uh, the talk will be given by Heidi Weeb. And we also have Jen Kalpa that's going to be talking about uh, mental health and aging. So please come on down. Everyone is welcome to come to the basement. Bring your coffee.
Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. Then Jesus went to them, to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. After going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I'll ask you to join me again in reading the lines from Fast and Feast On. Fast from thoughts of illness. Fast from bitterness. Fast from anxiety. Fast from yourself. In the mid-1500s, Meadow silenced himself, and the words which were later set to music in the song True Evangelical Faith. This is a song that has long been a staple in many Mennonite choir directors binders, but I'm not sure if I have ever heard it somewhere on But we are a braver and adventurous bunch here at Grace Mennonite, so I thought that's a good try. Um, I think many of you will find it familiar once you hear it, so please stand if you're able and join us as you feel comfortable.
looks like lots of our families went to family camp this weekend. But if there are any kids, now is the time to come forward for the public show. Today, we're learning about Jesus and why he came into the world. That's easy. It wasn't for, if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have Christmas. That's true, Finn. But Christmas is just the beginning. There's also Easter. Oh, I love Easter. Bunnies and chicks and chocolate. <laughs> well, those things can be part of Easter, Finn, but they're not the most important part of Easter. You mean there's more to Easter than an excuse to eat chocolate for breakfast? There sure is, Finn. And that's what John is trying to tell us this morning. John says that God loves the world so much that Jesus was born into the world and became part of our lives so we would understand how to have a rich life. I know money is tight and the market is crazy, Penny, but I don't think Jesus is much of a financial planner. You're right about that, Finn. Jesus was much more than a financial planner. Jesus was a full life planner. A full life planner? That's right, Finn. Jesus taught us a way to live that would make our lives and our world very rich. John says anyone who tries to follow Jesus' way will not perish but have a full life. That sounds good to me. And you let me in on a secret. It's no secret, Finn. In fact, it's pretty simple. The secret to a full and rich life is... A secure piggy bank? No. A well-stocked fridge? No. Regular exercise? Nope. A chance to see the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs? (sighs) No, Finn. The secret to a rich and full life is love. Love? Is that it? I know, Finn. It's so simple, isn't it? But sometimes we forget to love one another. And when that happens... Life feels empty. 
when I get upset that you didn't get up in time for church and I stay mad, my life feels empty. When I'm more concerned about getting more chocolate than my brothers and sisters, life feels empty. You see, Finn, as we get closer to Easter, we see that Jesus lived a life of love for us. He loved us, even when pe- even those people that other people didn't love. He loved the sick. He loved the poor. He loved the rich. He loved the children. He loved the old. He loved the sick in body. And the sick in soul. He loved everybody. So, Penny, what you're saying is that the secret to a rich and full life is... Love. Well, it's a simple message. But sometimes the simplest messages are the ones we forget. That's why we all need a wake-up call every now and then. I'm glad you got one this morning, Finn. Thanks for shaking me from my slumber, Penny. Amen. Everybody, am I on now? I've got, whoops, I'm so, okay. Hey, everybody, let's hold on here a minute. Oh, man, I'm all mixed up. Look at that. Okay, stretch out over here, you guys, okay? I know you're probably feeling a little bit like you're the only ones here, but we're going to do something with everybody here. In fact, why don't we have them stand, and that way we don't feel like you're alone, okay? Why doesn't everybody stand up, okay? Today, we're going to do the I love you, God loves you and I love you. And then we're going to close our eyes the second time. And that's going to be our prayer. And when we close our eyes, we're going to remember that we are gathering coins that are going to be collected to use by someone who's going to uh, take food and resources and development into other parts of the world to help people, okay? So remember the actions. Let's do it for each other. We're telling each other. Everybody looking that way and this way? Okay, let's say it together. God loves you. And I love you, and that's the way it should be. Hallelujah. Okay? Now let's do it one more time, and this time we're going to sing it. God loves you, and I love you, and that's the way it should be. Hallelujah. Now we're going to close our eyes, and we're going to pray it. But do the actions as we're closing our eyes. Okay, let's do it. God loves you, and I love you. That's the way it should be. Hallelujah and amen. Okay, you guys, away you go. And you collect the coins, and we're going to have the coins count, I think, up on the screen. My coins count. My coins count. I'm low. Yeah, there we go again. My coins count. My coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they should be doing good. My coins count. My coins count. God will make a difference in the world. If we look around us, there are people that we see all around the world. Needing food or water and a chance to live in peace. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count. My coins count. 
sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world. The gifts that we are given, they are given to be shared all around the world. It wouldn't matter if they're big or small or used with care. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count, my coins count. Hidden in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world. When we work together, there's a lot we can achieve all around the world. Witnessing to others that we live what we believe. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count, my coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count. My coins count. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count. My coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count. My coins count. God will make a difference in the world. Have we got everybody up here? Not yet. Let's sing the chorus again. My coins count, my coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count, my coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world. Thank you. And why don't you guys head off to Children's Church? Okay, everyone. We haven't lost anybody, have we? Oh, boy. Keep coming. Okay, he's coming. Got the full cup. I got to keep playing. Number 307 in the blue hymnal, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? We're going to ask the men to sing on verse 3 and the women to sing on verse 4. Peace you. 
God in heaven, we shall find such harmony. Born of all we've known together, of Christ's love and agony. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant When the Son of Man comes in his glory with all of his angels, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered together. And he will separate people one from another, like the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the shepherds on his right and the goats on his left. Then he will say to those on his right, Come to me, you who are blessed by my Father. Take the inheritance, the kingdom that was prepared for you since the creation of the world. For there I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I didn't have any clothes, and you gave me something to wear. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison. And you visited me. And those on his right will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or or thirsty and give you something to drink? When were you a stranger and we invited you in or didn't have clothes and we clothed you? When were you sick and we looked after you and were in prison and we visited you? Jesus will say, Truly I tell you, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it. For me. Then he will turn to those on his left. And he will say to them, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I didn't have any clothes, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick, and you didn't look after me. I was in prison, and you didn't visit me. And the ones on his left will say, Lord, when were you hungry or or thirsty? When were you a stranger or didn't have clothes? When were you sick or in prison? And, And we didn't help you. And he will say to them, when you did not do it to my brothers for the least of these, you did not do it for me. And they will go off to eternal punishment, the righteous to eternal life. In today's passage, we are treated to an apocalyptic vision. Apocalyptic being the end of the world, as in apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic movies like Planet of the Apes 
or The Matrix or Mad Max for you older folks. Myriad of zombie movies for all of you younger. I haven't watched one of those. I do not know what to do with zombie movies. Here, the Son of Man, the King, the Lord, as Jesus is named, returned with his angels and now sits on a glorious throne and all the nations of the earth are gathered before him. It's a picture so different than the one which we've been painting now at Lent. At Lent, Jesus needs care as the one who's suffering, the dying one. Here he speaks on behalf of the others who needs care. In Lent, the nations control Jesus' fate. Here the king is controlled, sitting on a throne separating humanity. At Lent, Jesus towers above all helplessly on a cross. Here he towers above all powerfully on a throne. This picture itself could give us reasons to stop at a number of places. We could stop at separateness. In this story, Jesus separates people from each other like a sheep shepherd, sorry, separating sheep and goats. And separating, I'm not a, a farmer, but separating sheep and goats, I imagine is fairly natural in some ways for purposes of grazing or milking or gathering wool. It's not unusual to separate the animals, yet separation and distinction language for us appears a bit harsh. While we note differences in who we are and what we do, we also celebrate differences, remembering that while we're different, we are also the same. Although, a good look around and into ourselves might reveal that we're probably much more familiar and comfortable with separation than we actually imagine or even believe we are. We won't stop there, though. We could stop at eternal punishment, Fire prepared for the devil and the devil's angels, the uncaring, and Jesus coming with the angels to judge the earth. Well, trying to work through that in Scripture, both Old and New Testaments, is not all that simple if we want to do it justice, not in one sermon. Although we sometimes try to make it so, either jumping all in or jumping all out. While not going there this morning, I find it interesting in the story that there is judgment. And the sole criteria for it is what is done, not what we believe. I was listening to a Lutheran seminary podcast this week, and they chuckled, the speakers did, as they talked about Lutherans trying to grab a hold of this doing rather than believing, because Lutherans are, quote-unquote, all about greats. For us Mennonites, we're, quote-unquote, all about works, and so the story is inverted. We could stop at what works are punished and rewarded. I was a young person in a time when the separation between sheep and goats was visible through not dancing, not smoking, not swearing, not drinking, not playing a game of pool down at Alec Cortco's smoke-filled pool hall, among other things. So we had to walk in there with hoods over our faces. It was primarily about the no and the not the yes. Primarily about me, not about the other Now, those of you younger than, what, 40? You might be saying, what are we talking about? I don't even know what that is. This isn't about sheep and goat, it's about dinosaurs. We didn't talk about dinosaurs much then either. (laughs) Caring for the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the unclothed, the sick, and the prisoners, the oppressed, marginalized, and vulnerable, that was not non-negotiable with us as Christ-like markers. We were to do those But they were not the signs of true evangelical faith, as we just finished singing. Here in this passage, they are. 
And it was here that on those rather unfamiliar words, sorry, that my mind stopped. But in relation to the rather unfamiliar introductory language at the beginning, which implies something very deep and life-giving. Language which makes these actions, giving life to the most vulnerable, larger than a negotiable list for us. As I go about with my business and recreation and family and go on with my life. Language introducing a vision more profound and life-changing than simply eh, doing good, being kinder, loving a little more, being nice, or doing a little extra. Nice as that all is. A vision which is not, says one commentary, simply a call to better general humanitarian living. Here, the king, Jesus speaks to those who will inherit the kingdom promised in the creation of the world, or since the creation of the world. As if from the very beginning, the ground that we put our feet on was made with the hope and expectation that this is how the world would be. As if from the very beginning, the sacred senses held that this is how those who know God will live. So sacred that those doing these things are considered to be doing them for Christ himself, as if these passages hold the very key to life. That vision carried Mother Teresa in her work with the destitute and dying in Calcutta. She continually wrote of seeing Christ in everyone that she met, knew that in serving, she served God in Christ, almost literally in her understanding. And it was she then who was to be there every day serving him, She did that because she understood our loving Christ as first serving her in his suffering life. Her love then was evident in the story of her serving Jesus every day in response. It was not that people didn't matter. She loved them. Yet seeing Christ in them, she was led to love them more deeply and profoundly in response to the love that had been given to her. Some of you may have seen a movie called The Fourth Wiseman Once Upon a Time. In that movie, there's a wise man, a fourth one, that we're not told about, and it's mythological. And he was going to join the other three on his journey to find Jesus. But he was late in getting going, missed the caravan, and so he was not able to go. He had three precious stones with him. So he sold one of them so that he could catch up to the caravan, but he arrived in Bethlehem too late to meet Jesus. He was already on, his family was already on their way to Egypt, and so He went to Egypt to try and find Jesus. But Jesus was already gone from there with his family and gone back to Israel. So Artaban went back to Israel, or to Jerusalem, sorry, to find Jesus. But he didn't find him there either. So he ended up in a community of lepers. And year after year he served, wondering where the Jesus was that he was supposed to have found. Finally, he heard about who this Jesus might be, and he was in Jerusalem. So he made his way to Jerusalem. And there he ends up in the story, ends up finding Jesus on the path, carrying his cross to Golgotha. And in the movie, he ends up on his knees as Jesus falls with his cross, and he offers Jesus a drink of water. And then this man goes up to the cross, and Artaman is discouraged because this couldn't have been Jesus after all, because he ends up dying as a crucified man. But A couple days later, he's injured in an accident. And as he lays there dying, he sees the man who was walking up the path. And the man identifies himself as Jesus. And he tells Artaman that 
he has seen Jesus all along the way and the people that he has served on his journey. And so finally, Artemis, the fourth wise man, dies a happy man because while he didn't think he had found Jesus, he actually had found Jesus in everyone that he served as he looked for Jesus all along the way. In the same way, we as Jesus followers can respond to the promise that's been calling to us since the creation of the world. The hopes that God has for us in this place in which we live, which Christ died to transform and empower us towards. So I ask myself, what will make me go there? What will make us go there? Believing that this life, this way of being and living is that which has been God's hope since the creation of the world, what will give us eyes to see Christ in all people? or to search for Christ that we will, so that we will serve as we live our lives. Thomas Merton, writer that I follow, says this over and over in many ways, that the desire to look comes from God and not only from ourselves. Nice is being one thing, the journey another. So we might like to do things, but in the end, he says, what it means is God transforms us to actually be those who will join the journey to look for Jesus. And in doing so, we will serve Jesus in all the places into which we go. So may we be moved by God, given the desire to move beyond in the Lenten story by Christ, the suffering servant among and for us, beyond nice good, to something more meaningful and grounding, remembering in communion together that Jesus looks us into, leads us into a life looking for him throughout the world. Amen. For the prayer of confession, we will begin with a responsive prayer, which will be up on the screen. And after that, I will lead us in a prayer that leaves some spaces for quiet reflection. This will be followed by words of assurance, which will again be up on the screen. Let's pray together. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior, They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Who will see the new work of the Lord? We are all invited to see the new work of God. Let us bring ourselves to God in prayer and pour out our sin before God.
Lord, you are the one from whom no secret can be hid, who sees behind all our piety, pretense, and cover-up. We are the ones with many secrets, having done that which we ought not to have done, having not done that, that which we ought to have done, some shameful, some shocking, some risky, all of them oddly precious to us. We confess our secret sins before you, you who see and know us, a perfect match for our hiddenness. Just behind that lurk other secrets, less scandalous, or so we might think. Behind our ready faith comes impatience with you. Behind our eager words lurks cynicism, because nothing changes. Behind our gratitude toward you is our sense that you are actually stingy with us. Behind our prayer is our sureness about your absence, indifference, and detachment. We confess our impatience with, cynicism towards, detachment from, and entitlement expectations of you. All of that, secrets kept, and our deep disappointment in you is evidenced when those without basic necessities struggle to gain them. Alienated people are not swamped in your love because we don't love. The lonely are not visited by you because we don't visit. Those living in poverty, homelessness, and violence are not experiencing your presence because we are not present. We confess our secrets and trepid faith when it leaves us all alone, without your hope. We will keep praying, but now you know. We will keep praying, maybe wondering, maybe doubting. We will keep praying, honestly. We ask you to give us the desire to keep praying.
Amen. Join me in reading the assurance of forgiveness. God of hope, give us eyes to see the new work you are doing among us. When we struggle to discern what lies ahead, how to respond to life around us, we will look well so as to see the new work of God. When our circumstances and those of others appear to hold no hope, we will seek the new work of God. In the morning and in the evening, we will seek the new work of God. Our generous God provides for us. Amen. disciples saying take and eat this is my body and then he took the cup gave thanks and offered it to them saying drink from it all of you this is the blood of my cove of the covenant poured out for you 
We want to share it together. Our communion is for all who would like to come, not only those who, print, who are part of grace, so if you'd like to come forward, you are welcome. We're going to be walking up for communion this morning. We'll come down the side aisles and go back down the center aisle when we have taken it. Um, as for those who would like to maybe be served in your pew, either Tara or myself, whoever has finished serving our line first, we will walk out into the middle, and at that point you can just raise your hand and we'll come and serve you there as well. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this bread, for this cup, your death bringing life. We remember Jesus. Amen. Please join us in singing if you would like.
Please join me in the congregational prayer, after which the ushers will receive the offering. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this morning together. We bring to you all our concerns for those we are carrying in our hearts today. This morning, we specifically pray for Gavin and his family. We ask for your strength and for healing. We ask you to be with Linda at Bethesda Place, that she will be an encouragement to the people with whom she's living. We pray also for Daniel and Damaris as they mark the passing, the anniversary of Samara's passing. For all those for whom we carry concern, we ask for your presence and your peace. We acknowledge your provision in our lives and we bring our offerings to you today. Thank you. Amen. Together we are the body of Christ. Let's stand together for our closing song, Kindness.
Jesus Christ has made us his own. Go out, forgetting what is past, and move ahead to the heavenly call of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>